Hey, welcome back. Another episode of Out with the Old, In with the New, In the Closet with Shasta Eve. And it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'll get into that, um, the explanation for that. But I just want to say that I have missed sharing my journey on my podcast. It is such an honor to be able to have a platform that you can just speak out on and that it actually helps you in your own life, you know? And when I did the um, the last one, which was You Don't Own Me, and that one was really, really, really difficult to do, but I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> those of you who know how it is when you start healing it's like when you when you finally crack open one of the deepest parts of your heart sometimes it's like either it's a gradual you know opening of the rest of a portion of your heart that you need to heal or it's like boom you opened it and done deal like we're going in deep and it's like a huge flood and the huge flood is what I got (laughs) after my last episode and those of you that have heard it can understand why and so just just for knowledge purposes the reason why I wait to do a podcast is because I'm very um I'm very purposeful I guess and I'm purposeful in most things in my life I try to do something that especially now in my life, I try and do things that are meaningful. I want there to be an impact for myself and for anyone that's involved. So I I won't ever do a podcast unless I have kind of a clearing in my own heart about the topic and I can give maybe some tools or I can give some insight or I can just share my heart on it. And it won't always be that way because my podcast isn't going to always be about my healing journey. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of every single week getting on my podcast, getting better equipment, um, sharing the victories, sharing the progression, sharing knowledge, talking with other people. I still have a couple people who are going to join my podcast in the next month, but so. I'm, I guess I'm apologizing that I take a little bit in between episodes and just bear with me because it's just a part of my healing. So this past few weeks since my last episode, I'm, I'm guessing from what I'm feeling now is that when I opened up that Pandora's box of issues, Um, and I spoke about it and shared it, I released something and, um, for about a week after that, I was going through a portion of forgiveness and understanding what that meant for me. And so I walked through some inner child healing, which I suggest that anybody who has stuff they haven't dealt with from their childhood, that they would it would probably be recommended that you revisit those 
places in your heart so that you can actually take control and never repeat the same patterns. Because for me, I felt almost like I needed to go into therapy to be able to do that. And right now I'm not able to just do therapy and spend the funds on it, you know, and make that a a point of contact for tools on how to fix my life. So, you know, I've shared this before, what I do is I have really good people in my life for one, and I have really good tools and I research and I go looking on different platforms for certain topics and I kind of just I don't stop until something sits well with me which is really important in your life not one tool is going to work for every person so for me I had um like a week after my last episode I had some moments here in my closet <laughs> and I was by myself and one of the nights it was like, I don't, I was going through a real emotional, emotional drop. And there's some reasons for that. I was being tested with some past issues and, oh, it's pretty much the same issue. And we'll talk about that, but it's, it's a big one. And I had a choice to make and. I confided in a really good friend of mine and he gave me some good advice on how to navigate through that. But sometimes when we're faced with one of the things that has kept us in a cycle for so long, it could be anything, you know, it could be anything. It could be any form of addiction. It could be any lifestyle choice. It could be anything. And for me, this is the one thing that I've dedicated my life to, but I ended that dedication but it kept coming back and it came back with a vengeance this time. And so I was just like, just felt like I was in a war zone, you know, just feeling like there's not too many people I want to talk to about this issue because they won't understand. And that can feel kind of lonely, but I have a couple people and that is something we all need. We all need just a couple people that we can trust to kind of navigate us in the right direction hand us some tools you know like we're building this building this foundation we need guidance from people who have more knowledge than us but sometimes it's just a small small not even a handful and so one night I ended up just in here, I had put my kids to bed. I had just kind of disconnected from that space of being a mom. And I knew that I was not letting out my emotion properly. I was feeling so frustrated. And you parents can relate to that when your head is in a crazy space and you're not able to even take a moment to feel because you have all these to-dos, you know, it's like you feel so selfish for having emotion sometimes. But what I'm learning in this season is that if I don't, then I just become the ticking time bomb. And I refuse to be that person. So 
when everything was just kind of said and done in, in mommy land, I was like, okay, I'm going to go take some time for myself and I'm going to process this stuff that I'm feeling, but what is it? And when I started to cry, I was like, oh, wow, I'm freaking angry. <laughs> I'm furious. I'm mad. I'm, I'm sad. I'm like, I feel a little nauseous, like what's going on. And so I started asking myself, where is this coming from? And then I had to remind myself of what I was facing two days before that. And I just stored it in. I had conquered a battle, but, and I had passed a test, but I still felt this weight over me. And so I did some research on inner child healing and I really felt like for me, I needed to kind of revisit something so far back because this felt that, that deep. It felt that rooted in my soul and, and mind you, these things, like, when you have intense trauma in your life, these things can actually become such blinders that keep you from excelling in your life, especially if you're called to be a leader, raise children, um, if you feel like you're led to lead teams in some way, shape, or form, you know, you just feel like a leader deep down inside. You've been tested hard with trauma. And so when you keep all that in and you live a life of trauma, when you come out of it, it's, it's like, it's like you're in a bubble of freaking tar and you're trying to peel it all away so you can just get to where you know you need to go. It can be that difficult. It's so binding and restricting and for me, I'm in a season where I won't put up with that crap anymore. I don't want that for my life. So I'm going back to some dark places. And so I'm in my closet and I was like, man, I'm really pissed about some of these things. And I wrote them down. And then I started to do some research on my phone. I was like, I wonder if there are some alone things I can do without a therapist that would take me back into my childhood and kind of allow me to do some inner healing on myself. And there was. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, gosh. I crack myself up, y'all. Like, I don't even... Just give me my phone, hit record, and I'm a good time all by myself. <laughs> oh, gosh. I guess that's a good thing. I'm learning to enjoy my dorkiness all alone oh my gosh but that's just me so you're along for the ride with me <laughs> um so what I discovered was um something from a long time ago that a professor had really been pressing into as far as his research goes and he's kind of spiritual but he had this method that started working for so many people down to a level of real outcome. There was, there was real results. It wasn't just like some people went into a building, boom, they got hit with this healing and they walked out and went back to life as normal and kept doing the same stuff. This was, they were having 
incredible results from testimony and from his constant seminars that he was doing. One of the things that he said to do was, and this is when it started, I closed my eyes. He said, close your eyes. I felt so stupid. I was sitting in here like an idiot. And he said, try to remember your earliest memory, like the very first memory you've ever had. And I'm only sharing this with you guys because it's not really the main topic, but it's just portion of it. I wanted to give you a rundown and I'm going to do this every time, kind of just a rundown of what I've been experiencing that led me to this podcast. And so I'll try to, I'll speed it up. So I tried to just go back in my mind. I tried to remember the houses I lived in as a kid and my parents and also kind of picturing stories I had heard, maybe not a memory, but like, okay, so I know we lived here. I can't remember it, but maybe there's a memory in there. And then it brought me to a specific memory and it was of just really weird because I wouldn't have thought it would be my earliest memory, but it, I was two, a little bit over two. And it was with my dad and he used to put me on his shoulders and run me around our house saying duck every time we'd go under a walkway. And when I realized that was my earliest memory, I went, okay, well now we're touching on some daddy issues. Cool. I figured that we were going to go there, (laughs) but it, it really, it really was kind of special to me that that was my very first memory that I have. And there were a couple other mixed into that, but I just kind of took that moment. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to picture yourself as that little version of yourself. And you are supposed to walk yourself. I'm 37. I'm supposed to walk this version of Shasta's 37 year old, walk into the home, ask for permission to come in. And a lot of us know about all this kind of healing stuff and we've heard how you know going in and and accepting yourself or you know the process so I'm not going to dive too much into it but for me I had to go and I had to ask permission I had to ask myself permission to have that little girl that was about to go through so much trauma I had to ask her if she felt safe enough to leave with me because I was going to keep her safe now And I also had to ask my younger self to tell my parents that I was going to go. And, and then I also, if you know, that part of me didn't want to go, then I would say, I'll be back. So I I legit did this. Like I was in my closet alone (laughs) and I walked through these steps and there were these blips where I could feel while I was closing my eyes, I could feel myself pulling in, like pulling out of that and going, this is stupid Shasta. Like, what do you actually think you're going to accomplish? This isn't going to change anything. And then I would kind of tell myself, well, we're already here. So let's just see if this method works. And so I had asked my younger self to come with me and it was like, I guess in this practice, a lot of people had to come back to their younger self and be ready. But my younger self was already dressed, already packed, already ready. And she took my hand and we said goodbye to our parents. 
and we turned around and we walked out the door and I told my mom and dad, don't worry because I'm going to take care of her. And then we walked out and he said that when you walk out of the place you're at, make sure you walk out and you turn a corner, make that move in your mind with your younger self, turn a corner. And so I did. And when I turned the corner, I looked dead ahead and he said, when you do that, picture people that love you the most standing there. And I pictured my kids, which was so odd to have that part of my heart show up first and be what I was referencing to people that I love the most and love me the most. And I was supposed to share, let my younger self meet them. And then they were, I had to give them permission to leave. I know this sounds so weird, you guys, but I had, this is for, I'm telling you this for a reason. I had to tell them that it was okay to go. And then I had a moment with myself and I had to envision myself saying to that little girl, you're safe with me now. Like we're going to do this together and asking myself if we can hug and have a moment and then, and it's not like I was sitting in my closet hugging myself. It, it was so much more deeper than that. But I went through this process. When I was done, I cried for a moment. But it was like, I, it was almost like a subconscious knowing that I had shifted something inside my brain shifted something inside my heart but it wasn't just my heart I felt it in my thoughts I felt it in the way that I was thinking but then I realized that I had some more things to address so that the next day I could do something different because when you're in that lifestyle of trauma it's very difficult to do something different but it's possible and I know that and so I was not willing to let that moment go because I'm already here. The kids are sleeping. I'm fine. I don't really need that much rest for the next day. So I just made it a priority to keep going. And so the other part was I had to address where some of my deepest anger was coming from. And it was coming from my most recent relationship. And I wrote a letter to that person that I'll never send. And I got that out and I cried and I, I was like, wow, I'm upset because of these things, not because of these things. And the things I'm upset about, if I can release them, then I'm no longer going to be bound to that prison. And I'm not going to repeat the same cycle over and over. So... That night was a huge night of releasing some stuff that I had been bottling up and didn't know it. And then the next week was, it's been feeling like, like something left my life. Something left my life when I spoke about my childhood trauma on my last episode. Something left my life when I made it a point to pay attention to what my emotions really meant. I have been working on my body. I've been doing a lot of like holistic stuff, which not everybody's into, but I've been really researching what's good for my body and what's not. 
and so that I can fight my battles a little bit easier. Because I'll tell you what, and I know that a lot of you know this, when you are fighting life battles that you have, you don't really have much time to just like, you know, leisurely go through the battle. You kind of just got to take it head on, bring your sword, your shield and your armor and just plow through. You got to have your mind, body and heart all put together. If you don't, it's a bigger struggle. So for me, I've, I've tried to make it important to be self-aware. So I have been doing um, cold plunges, which have gotten easier and more addicting. And that's been helping my dopamine levels. I have been drinking a lot of apple cider vinegar, um, cutting out different things for my diet and committing to doing the full 360 work. And I'm not going to say that I've had the clouds part completely and I'm the sky is coming out and the angels are singing it's not it's not that easy but what I am bringing to the table for you guys to hear is that if you are in a place in your life where you're having a lot of issues conquering some battles so that you can progress forward you have to dig deeper you have to find the source of the problem whether it be your health, whether it be your childhood, whether it be your teenage years. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your marriage. I don't know. But if you truly want your life to be a life of progression and power, then it's worth taking the time to do these deep, deep inner healing moments, you know, and I, and I don't, I know a lot of people who are okay with just the white picket fence, their marriage sucks, they're, you know, staying in it for the kids, they're working their nine to fives, they're making good money, they're taking trips, they're, they're doing all the things that, you know, our grandparents basically said was the all American way. And those people are, they're content with just doing what they've been doing. But I feel like I have some friends like that and I love them very much. But when I talk to them, there's such deep pain. There's so much deep pain that they live with and they don't talk about it. And they have longing in their hearts for things that they can't have. They have regret for the things that they can't fix. They have these dreams that they'll never never get, they think they'll never get to. And it breaks my heart because I feel like I think outside the box a lot and I don't want the mundane life. And so sometimes I'm like, wow, am I just like this, this big ball of energy that I I can't settle for being in that place? Or am I somebody that's going to help those people realize that They're meant for more and they need to dig deeper and fix their marriage or whatever that looks like, you know, whatever could be their jobs. I don't know, but it is so valuable in the time we're living in. If you look at the way that our world is right now, we need people 
to heal. We need people to raise their kids without handing down cycles to them. We need people who are going to do the deep inner work so that they can be better for the next generation. Because if we don't, then we're just going to be handing down the same patterns, the same pain, the same trauma. It just might look different, but it's going to be the same. It doesn't just go away. And that was something that was difficult for me to grasp because I wasn't, didn't feel strong enough. I, there was no way I was going to leave my marriage. There was no way I was going to break my commitment to the man that I was addicted to and dedicated my every breath to. There was no way I was going to finally break apart our family for good and battle him in court or, you know, which I haven't had to do, but I'm just saying, you know, the, the mountains were larger than my capability of, of reaching. And that was scary, but it's going to take a lot of us who are willing to not just live the mundane life, but accept the fact that we need to fix our life and do better. And it's not easy. It's so freaking hard. There, there's so much detail to my life too, that healing sometimes can be so messy and I'm raising a family so I sometimes I don't know how to be the messy version of myself but be okay but be healed but be like happy and then sometimes just want to cry I I remember the other day I literally my kids had no idea what the hell was wrong with me and I had to take my oldest daughter to work and I was crying the entire time I took her to work just crying she's like mom are you okay and I'm like "Mm mm-hmm and I was working through a really, really hard subject. And so it's just, it's difficult, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. I, I now, and this is why I'm able to do the podcast. I now feel like I want to give me a megaphone. Let me go on top of a mountain and let me, let me scream at the top of my lungs for everybody to wake up, for everybody to wake up and to realize how important their individual life is. And for me, my passion starts going towards moms. My passion starts going towards wives and, and women who have been through it all. And I have passion for men too, but that that's not, I'm not a dude. So my passion to help change women's lives comes from the fact that I'm a woman. And I just, I want to shed light on the fact that I am able to do this podcast because I've seen what can come of staying the course, staying the course. And that's basically what I wanted this podcast to be the center of is what happens when you push through the day when the days, the moments, the nights, the mornings, the in between all of it, those moments that catch you off guard Take your breath away where you feel like you're going to die if you don't keep the cycle going. There's, I deal with insomnia really bad. 
at nighttime, I, my mind starts racing and I feel like I have an elephant sitting on my chest. I can't shut off the worry. I can't shut off the what ifs, the how am I gonna wait a minute. What about that path? What about that path? What about this person? What am I not supposed to do this? I am an overthinker and I didn't realize that you guys, I've been told I am, (laughs) but for me, I hadn't really realized I'm an overthinker until I broke out of the cycle and I had to face my demons because I was able to just skate by while the underlining monsters ate my life up. But I was just like, you know, like, yeah, I had my issues big time, but I was on the surface and I'm going deep and I've never felt so much anxiety when I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I don't want to wake up. I don't. I want to stay in bed for as long as I can because if I'm sleeping, then maybe I'm not going to feel anxiety. And that's that's hard. It's been hard. I left my ex-husband. It's it'll it, October will be 9 months. I had never left and meant it. I never left and knew it was right and knew that it was what I needed to do for me and my kids and that it was going to benefit me on the level that I had hoped. I didn't believe that was real. But when I did that, it shifted a pattern. It spoke something to my kids. It spoke something to myself. It said something to the people in my life. It was a big bold sign that said I'm ready and since then it has been hell it's been hell and heaven at the same time I've had more joy and more victory and more blessings more release I've I've felt more present and more real and more genuine in this portion of my life than ever before in my 37 years of being here so I just want anyone who is facing a battle right now, I don't care what it is. It could be the smallest breadcrumb of a battle, but it feels big to you. If you continue to plow through that battle, however you need to, to get to the other side, do it because you're going to get to the other side. If you don't, you will stay right where you're at. And when I'm not perfect, <laughs> we're never going to claim here to be perfect. That's not even, that's not even the goal of life, but I've had to do some of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life in this past season. And when I made the promise to my kids that I was going to do it better. I meant it. And I'm seeing now my relationships shift. I'm no longer, I see things different and that happens, right? You know, when we change the course of our life, when we change the things that we normally do every single day, we start to see different. When we change glasses, when we change prescriptions, when we change tinting on our on our vision, when we, I have crappy eyesight. And when I put my glasses on, I can see better. It's just, it's that plain, simple 
metaphorical concept that your vision is really important. And I want people's vision to get better. I want them to realize that enabled to walk, for you to be able to walk that path that's meant for you, you have to be able to see it clearly. And that takes fixing the things that are wrong. And oh, I can't even tell you how how difficult it has been to turn down the cycle. I've had opposition after opposition thrown at me. I had some things thrown at me that I thought had been taken care of and they weren't. And they hindered my progress in my financial situation. Things that are intense things that I have to deal with. I had somebody from my past who's, I'm not even going to go into names or anything like that when it comes to this because this is not a smear campaign for that issue, but it is definitely my story and I'm definitely going to tell it. (laughs) But this, this person propositioned me and I was so angry at it because it felt good. It felt good and it's almost like a drug, you know? It's almost like that concept of the addiction. But I knew. I knew that it was a crossroad for me and I, I had to I had to put on my big girl panties. I had to take up my sword. I had to take up my shield and I had to look at that thing and I had to say, F no. I'm not going to do it. I can't. I can not. Because if I do then every single thing that I have been working so hard for is just going to be out the window. It's going to take me, I'm going to have to get, turn, turn around and I'm going to have to get right back on the trail and I'm going to have to work harder. And that was difficult for me because it would have been so fulfilling, fulfilling quotation marks to give in. But thank God I've done some steps before these moments because now I feel more worthy. I feel I feel like a different me. I feel like myself more than ever. So when I'm up against that same demon and that thing is like clawing at me to be joining it and walking with it and partnering with it, I'm able to go, wait a minute, I don't like you. Wait a minute, that you... You hurt me. That's wrong. And I did it. And it wasn't easy. It's still not easy. But when I did it, some other cool things started to happen. It's like every time I conquer one of those moments, and we all have them. This isn't like, I have some really good people in my life that have heard my podcast and they've called me up or they've sent me a text message and they'll say, we're really proud of you. We're so proud of you. And I know they mean it, but I know there are things in their lives that if they were willing, they would be ready to do what I'm doing and it would change them forever. But a lot of people like to look at other people's victories or other people's um, journey as just their own. But this is a worldwide an entire universe, I guess we could say a collective, that it we all should be doing this. We all should be finding that one thing in our life, if not 
many things in our life that we should change because they're not helping us become better. And so with that being said, I have been working on making sure that I don't care how I feel. I don't care if I actually feel so drawn to the cycle in my life, drawn to the same old patterns, the same old people, whatever it is, that I don't look in that direction when it comes my way. It's like I I look away and I go, no, no, I know you're there, but I do not choose you. And every time I do it, something new happens. Something new happens in my relationship with my kids. Um, I'll have a conversation with somebody really important to me and something will lead to something else and then a door opens. I've had some people be so great to me and remind me I'm not alone. When you've gone through trauma like I have in this in the same way that I have, you loneliness is the devil because that's what keeps you making comfortable decisions because nobody wants to feel lonely. So for me, it's been really interesting to have the right people that have like the right heart, you know, the right intention towards me come into my life in this season and help me feel like I'm not alone. And they're only able to come in because I've opened the door. So if you need to open some doors and shut some doors, do it because it's worth it. I've never felt like this version of myself. I've never, ever, ever saw myself the way I do now. And there are some things I'm realizing, and it'll be the next portion of my healing, I'm sure of it. I realized when I had recently... Okay, let me... I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest for a second. Let's just get... I'll just get real for a second. So me and my ex-husband are, are figuring out a new normal. Because we are not going to be together which is the first time that's ever been the case in, in almost 16 years. We don't work well together. That's that's his explanation. We don't work well together. Our kids don't want us together. This is just what needs to happen. For me, it's... I dedicated my heart to one man. And I dedicated my heart pretty strongly in a way that caused me to lose myself. And that's what I'm working on. So every day it's a choice to not, you know how you live life with a person, you choose them to be your person. You've honestly never gone through healing. So it's, it's even worse because you're just operating out of patterns and wounds that you have in your heart. But you choose a person and you're in it and you're like making memories. You're doing the dream together, whatever that looks like. You're battling through hard times. You're fighting. You're making up. You just, it's, it's you and that person. It doesn't matter if it's a shit show or not. If it's that person, you feel like, okay, it's all right because it's with you. I felt like that. Did I, did I know for sure that I was with the man of my dreams and I was going to spend the rest of my life with him? Absolutely not. It was it was bigger than a shit show. I don't know what we call it. What is bigger than a shit show? I don't know. But it wasn't where I wanted to be, but I was there. 
And I couldn't have even fathomed being here. So now he lives far away, four and a half hours, and we share kids. So we have to see each other. And he has asked me to be friends, to find our new normal for them. That's cool. Like, I get that. And I've forgiven him for so much that I no longer have some of the same emotions towards him. So we're finding our new normal. And I tell you what, if you're in a marriage where you know that it's similar to my situation, it's worth, it's worth coming up from, it's worth coming up from the fake of it all and getting real. Staying because of your kids isn't going to help your kids not repeat the same pattern that you're doing right now. There's no healing It's just day in and day out grind and you feel lost and you're repeating a cycle and we're in a time where we need to stop repeating cycles because the generation next is going to need it. So it's worth it to take a look at those things, to take a look at your current situation. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done and I've done a lot of hard things, but it's the hardest thing I've ever done to break this cycle because it is generational too. My mom my my dad they've lived out these cycles and they ha- didn't beat them so for me I'm trying to break a cycle for my family and so anyway I'm at this point in my life right now where we're I have to experience this new normal taking him out of my future as that man in my heart taking him out of the place where I'm going to make memories and where my heart's going to fall in love again and I'm going to laugh with another man. I'm going to experience beautiful things with the right person for me. That is beautiful and so terrifying. And I didn't realize how terrifying until just recently, just this past week. I realized that I it feels unnatural to break cycle. And to think about doing a new life. But that new life is the one where I get to be the most incredible version of myself. So I am choosing that every second that I'm alive right now. And that sounds pretty extreme and intense. But it is. (laughs) It really is. That's why so many people stay addicted to drugs. That's why so many people stay in abuse and stay in you know a cycle they talk about getting out of it they talk about quitting they talk about all this they have moments where they see the light but they're always sucked back in because they aren't willing to push through the hardest feelings and I get it because I I deal with the same thing but the past two days specifically after making some intense choices, my heart has started to become open for my future. I've started to feel hope in the new relationship that I'm going to have in the future. I'm starting to feel love that I didn't feel before. I'm starting to see through the eyes of a woman who no longer can't survive without this person, this cycle, this trauma response, this Literally, my whole life has been out of that. It's been out of the idea that I'm not going to survive without those coping mechanisms. 
but this is the first time after pushing through all this shit that I've been able to actually see and feel. And it's worth it. It's so worth it. The one thing that I feel is the most worth it is that I feel present in my life. I'm not dreaming of something that'll never happen. I'm not in la-la land. I'm not stuck in something. I'm not falling apart. I'm just so present. And that allows change to take place. The next part of my life is going to be a lot of victories. And I know that I want to help women. I want to help people understand perspective. Not that I have all the perspective in the world, but I'm kind of awesome. (laughs) I kind of am though. Like, just going to tell (laughs) you. But I want to help people gain the tools that they need to push through And if I need to be the hand that someone holds so that they can push through the hard days to get to the other side, I want to be that. I want to be that voice that helps people get to the other side. So if there's anything that you want to ask me, any questions that you have, anything that, any tools that you want to know that I'm using, ask. Find, Find me on any platform. And there's, the other thing is that... Oh, and I had a birthday, so that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. And I turned 37, and I felt like, I was like, damn, this is a shift. This is a shift, and I'm not looking back. I'm just not going to do it. So, the I don't know if you all have noticed, but I changed my cover picture, and I'm in the process of changing my domain name, but I changed... <laughs> the title because I had an aha moment when a friend of mine said, Hey, Shasta, you're no longer using the word narcissist. You're no longer using the word trauma bond. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Hmm. Why is that? (laughs) Why am I not feeling that way? Well, it's because I'm healing. And I realized that as a woman, there is this natural instinct for me at least, I'm not saying this is all women, but I'm saying I'm seeing a theme with women that we often feel like in order to heal from a toxic relationship, we have to be angry first. Granted, we have every right to probably be angry. And it doesn't negate the fact that the, that person does have the traits of a narcissist or, you know, maybe we, for me, I needed to title this situation because being able to title it what it is and call it what it is took a veil off of my eyes. So I had to listen to people who had TikToks that constantly talked about narcissist, constantly talked about abuse, because that enlightened me. We need, we need all these things, but we can't stay in that place. And the reason why we can't stay in that place is because all we're doing is focusing on the problem. We're focusing too much on the problem and we're not digging into the resolution, the solution, the moving forward. So when I titled everything 
I was coming from that new healing place where I was like, yeah, I'm coming out of this and I'm coming out of that and I'm breaking off this and I'm breaking off that. But what I started to do was focus so much on the title, started to focus so much on the trauma bond instead of releasing, letting go of, and understanding that I have every right to feel so many different things that I feel about the people who have hurt me. But just like I don't want anybody to look at me, my choices, to look at my behavior and go, oh, she's this, she's that. Because those people don't know. They don't know how hard it's been. I'm not, I don't want to do that to somebody else. It doesn't change anything to title it doesn't change the situation and heal my heart and and break the cycle in my own life to focus on the problem so I made a decision to no longer go down that road of constantly picking apart the narcissistic traits of a person who's abused me analyzing it understanding it the only thing I need to know is that in order for somebody to become that way to carry out the traits of the narcissist title, they have to have endured intense trauma themselves. Nine times out of ten, that is the case. I'm hard-pressed not to say 100% that's the case, because it is. So I had to do some releasing and forgiving in order to be able to look at Shasta, be able to look at my path only, And know what I need to do. And not carry anger and bitterness. And that's what was happening when I kept focusing on those titles. So I did change my name for that reason. And I wanted to kind of explain something that has really helped me to keep doing a new in my life. And it started nine months ago. I started saying to myself, if it sounds the same, looks the same, feels the same, don't do it. Meaning, if anything felt familiar, I'd run the other direction. Whether it was a feeling, a smell, a conversation, a word, the way the word made me feel, whatever it was, I just ran the other direction. And it started a domino effect in my heart and my mind And it allowed me to start seeing the next step in my progression forward. So, I think that I would really, really passionately like to see people hear my testimony, hear other people's testimony of overcoming abusive cycles in their life, abusive cycle behaviors, trauma behaviors, I would really like them to hear this podcast specifically and feel empowered to stay the course and to get to the other side, no matter what it takes to find your tools, to find your outlets, to find your reason. It's got to be a good reason. It has to be something that grounds you so solidly to that path to get to the other side you might have to swim across a freaking ocean might feel like you're drowning but if you keep going in the right direction you're gonna get there and it'll be more worth it than staying back and dying 
Because that's all we're doing. We're just, when we stay back and we lie down and we give up on the battle, we're going to die. It's a battleground. Life is a battle. And it can be a battle with a crap ton of victories or it can be a battle with a lot of death. And, and sure, there's dying in rising as well. So even as you get to the other side, you're going to feel like you're dying to a lot of yourself. But you're getting to the other side. And it's possible. It's possible. I'm, I mean, I deal with like, sometimes I wake up and I have to force myself force myself. I will feel like a zombie. I will feel things that I don't even tell my closest friend about. And I push. And some days I I don't. But I don't do anything. It's doing nothing in a season where you're trying not to make bad decisions is better than doing something. So... get to the other side and do what it takes. Just do what it takes. And I am excited about my next podcast. I'm always excited about my next one because I really, sometimes I have an idea of what it's going to look like, but then I really don't. I have no idea. But I do know that some big changes are being made in my life, in my heart, and I can't wait to share the next breakthrough. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> We're going to do this. I do have some topics that I'm probably going to... Once I head into podcasting subjects that aren't so much just about my healing, I'm going to speak about some things I am really passionate about. And I definitely feel like I'm supposed to. Now, with that being said, (laughs) I hope that anyone that heard this episode could really, really took some things from it that helped and feel free to ask me anything always. So thank you once again for coming to my closet with me and chit-chatting and until next time.